0: It's time for the Juice Box Junkies, an independent Houston Astros podcast.
1: All Astros, all the time. Astros news, analysis, and opinions right here on the Juice Box Junkies.
2: Episode 8 of the Juice Box Junkies is live, or we're live. You won't be when you hear this. Fellas, we have baseball to talk about. Actual baseball, not financials. I'm sure we'll talk some financials as we get going here, but we have hope. Our long, cold winter is over. Baseball will be back April 7th and 162 games. Now, the Phillies went from the first of the season i'm seeing the first series of the season to the last of the season we had some changes brian's getting primed and ready to to uh give us all this scoop but <laughs> brian Dunleavy from virginia matt conkle i believe you are in dallas is that right dallas right now nailed it and christian i'm just guessing seattle you're always somewhere else where are you at today
3: i was seattle today
2: all right, all right. The one and only Astros fan in Seattle. Do you know any other Astro fans in Seattle? I do. We got a
3: couple of us up here. Cool, cool, A Couple of my people from Astros Twitter. Shout out to you guys, but
1: yeah, might right. be might be fighting you this season though. Maybe.
2: Maybe. And we're <laughs> going to get to that, fellas. We've got we've got the over under on the wins and uh, where the Astros and the Mariners will come in according to WIMBET. That's a little bit later in our agenda. First off, we want to talk about the new CBA that's in place. As I mentioned, 162 games beginning April 7th, nine-inning doubleheaders like real baseball, Um, Universal DH, no Ghost Runners um, in extra innings, though I heard a rumor they may still – work around that somehow, which would make me and my boy both very unhappy. But I posted an article in our Slack channel yesterday that had some other interesting takes with this new CBA. No game 163. If there's a tie, there's a formula that will work that out. So they won't have to play game 163. I'm older than you guys. It's one of my first memories of baseball, of Major League Baseball, the Yankees and Red Sox and Carlton was it Carlton? No, Bucky Dent. I'm sorry. I've got my home runs down the left field line messed up. Bucky Dent. Uh, yeah, that's Carlton Fisk. Bucky Dent was just running around the bases. Uh, so no one, no game 163. Increased minimum salaries, not just for major leaguers, but for minor leaguers. 12-team um, playoffs, of course, that we've talked about. There's new draft order. There's a range, a, a few days range for the trade deadlines for those weird years where it, like, falls on a Saturday and everybody's playing and they don't want the players to get traded in the middle of a game. Uh, There's limits on options and waivers. Apparently a couple of guys got waved back and forth between two teams, (laughs) like four times in a year or something, which is interesting. I know. And of course they're still going to negotiate the international draft and we'll see if they come to an agreement on that. All that's in there. Obviously we could talk for hours on this, but let's start with Matt Kunkel. We feel totally different than we did last time we got together. So much joy, so much happiness. Your take on the new CBA.
0: Um, I mean, overall, I'm just happy it's done. Because I, I like watching baseball. I don't like nosing through uh, you know, litigation. But I, I, I think my thing is with the players, um, particularly with the draft order and the 12-team playoffs, I think a lot of people – might not like it. I I like it because there has to be an incentive to win, and I think a lot of these owners, maybe the owners with like the the Rockies or the Marlins, they look they look at their bottom line and they're making business decisions that ultimately get them more money, but is not is anti-competitive. So I like the idea of having a you know a lottery that you know you're not guaranteed. To get the top pick if you're the worst team in baseball. I really like that. And then in the middle, like 12 teams, that's an extra two spots uh, to make the playoffs. And with baseball in particular, I mean, they're doing this with the NFL, they're doing this with the NBA. Uh, They're adding, they're, you know, adding more open uh, spots to make the playoffs. With baseball, I mean, we know as good as anyone, you know, a team can be pretty average and then they get hot in September and they have, just as good a chance as anyone to win the World Series. So I I like that um, they're dangling the carrot more towards uh, making uh, be more competitive, enticing fan bases and their and their leadership to make decisions to win now and not to just rebuild, collect assets, and collect money.
2: Yeah, I agree. You know, I'm the old guy, so you'd probably think that I'd want us things to stay the way they are, and there are a lot of things that I'm like that on, right? But the draft was put in that order under the assumption that all the teams are going to try and win. So when you see that's not happening, you've got to change with the times, which, of course, baseball is famous for not doing. You know, So this was a step in the right direction. I agree with Matt 100%. Christian, you're up next. I think the players won more than they lost. What's your take, Christian?
3: I, I think that's interesting that – you have that perspective because I, and I think a lot of people generally think that too, but if you look at our team, like the Astros, uh, the Astros voted against it. Um, so uh, the executive committee members, Jason Castro, uh, the players representative for the team is Lance McCullers, Jr. Um, obviously voted. No, uh, and there could be some politicking there, you know, knowing that the, that it was going to pass that maybe it was more of a, you know, a, a ceremonial. No, but right. Uh, the Astros certainly didn't think that in in any case, the Astros didn't think that the, the agreement favored their team very much or the players on their team very much. But that said is, I I think you're right. I I do think the players, uh, it it came down to dollars and cents and, um, the owners got to have more games with the expanded playoffs. So they're for, they get more revenues and the players got increased minimums for, um, you know, minor leaguers and, 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 uh, um, um, league minimum guys and pre-R and and then the pre-R pool uh, yes. bonus as well. I believe is maybe weaved in there too. I can't remember. Um, but I think it's just exciting. The baseball's back. I mean, I don't, I don't, I, I don't really want to drone on too much about it. But uh, you know, I, I'm excited. The ghost runners are gone, and it, it's a, hopefully permanently. As such a hokey little thing, I, I don't mind the universal DH. I mean, I grew up playing baseball, and you know played at a bunch of different levels and stuff and same same with brian and i don't know i've always been like a really an advocate of the game at the core of what it is you know everyone plays the field everyone hits but i mean just looking at the product that we have had in the last uh, i don't know decade or a little more than decade of just pitchers standing there and like being told not to do anything, which is absolutely boring and no one wants to watch it. And it's almost a guaranteed out and it just really stinks. And so I'm like, if it's going to make the game more exciting, move things along. Yeah. Is it going to make the few guys like Zach Granke or Madison Bumgarner upset that they don't get to hit every once in a while? Probably. But I think overall, it's a good thing for the game.
2: Well, the game again has changed, right? Back in the day, here I go, the old dude again. Back in the day, pitchers <laughs> used to actually try and hit, and pitchers didn't make eight million dollars a year, or ten or twelve, and they weren't so worried about getting injured. Now they're scared to swing, right? They do, and they certainly don't want to run. So things have changed. Um, where I think I, I remember my friend who played in the major leagues. He's hold. He he got drafted by the Angels. His whole thing, he said, I just want one at bat. Because he batted in college as a DH sometimes, hit a couple home runs. He just wanted to bat, right? He, he just wanted to bat one time. And and now they don't want to do that because they don't want to get injured. Most of them. There are a few, as you said, Grinky and, and guys of that ilk. But for the most part, pitchers want nothing to do with it. And they stand there. And they don't want to get hurt. They want to risk the next contract uh, to get hurt for that one or two at bats a year, maybe five. But sounds like there would have been more with the new schedule that they've uh, come up with playing every team in, in the National League uh, for a series at least. Brian, your take on the new CBA and the, the big items as you see it. Oh, and one thing before I turn it over to you, Brian, the only reason I, I, I think the players did win, I just think they didn't get everything, right? They wanted more. And that's why they maybe voted against it or weren't all so thrilled about it. But I still think they won more than the owners did. I'm sorry. Brian?
1: No, you're good. I, I think I think you're right. I think the players won, won out for the most part. I think, I think baseball won as well, uh, you know, uh, as far as getting rid of that. Uh, I don't understand. The Ghost Runner is probably – that's just as bad as the NFL's, you know, extra time rule. I mean, it's just horrible. They're, you know, you just – you just put a guy in, in, in scoring position that you know statistically speaking, if he's on second with nobody out, I think you're looking at a 75 percent chance of him scoring. So yep. you know that that's ridiculous to, to put that to put that into place. So I'm glad that that's gone, and I'm with Christian. Hopefully, it's gone forever, and, and we never have to deal with that ever again. Um, yeah, that was that was terrible. Um, you know, I think the. The players won though with money that league minimum, and you can be the worst player on the team for two years and be a millionaire. Um, you know that's that's saying a lot. You know, um, you know, going to you know seven hundred k, you know, for your league minimum uh, for a guy that maybe catches bullpens every day. That's that's a pretty good deal. And and I think the other people that won certainly the minor leaguers, and and I could be wrong on this um, this part too, but I was you know reading. Through that uh, you know minor league forty um, man roster you know pay level scale and you know from what I understand is if if they're on their first contract as a minor leaguer not as a forty man roster person I could be wrong with that but um, you know first contract as a minor leaguer is usually like five years or so uh, four or five years and then and then you get to renegotiate and re sign so I don't know if that's if it's your first contract as you know under the forty man roster or or if it's as a minor league, it, it wasn't specific in that in the article. Um, but um, it, I had the assumption it was in the you know forty man roster uh, category. But either way, you're getting paid pretty well to, to be potentially in the you know Triple A for multiple seasons in a row. Which you know what what, what would Forrest Whitley be being paid right now uh, to not play at all? Um, so. I mean that's a pretty good deal and, and lastly I think for, what's good for baseball too is the the other piece about it and I was had it say it up here but the expansion into um, other countries finally getting on board with the NBA and the NFL and everybody else that's making money abroad I mean you're playing in you know Asia obviously there should be multiple places there Dominican Republic that's a no brainer um, <clears throat> London mexico paris Puerto Rico um, those are all great locations, I think, for baseball and to really get that that uh, influx of more fans and more support. And obviously, the owners and the league want more money too. So you are going to get that from them as well. But you are only you are only helping yourself by expanding your market, you know, to other to other areas. So,
2: yeah, we we talked about that last week about the NBA, right? Who's expanded and the Spurs? You know, my son's a Spurs fan. They they have like twelve nationalities on their team. Right. Almost everybody's a different nationality. It makes for a lot of fun. It makes for growing of the game, which baseball certainly needs. All right, fellas, let's talk a little bit about the Astros specifically now. And Christian, I know you have an article in the works on the perhaps return of Carlos Correa. I can't believe here we are. We're in mid-March and it's still a question. Uh, of course, there was a time where he could not sign with anyone from December till recently. But a lot of other people have signed and taken some of the positions where we thought Correa might end up. The Astros are making another offer to Correa. Where do we stand with Carlos Correa as of today?
3: Uh, So uh, I think Marley Rivera from ESPN, uh, she tweeted out at like 930 this morning, that, according to her sources, that uh, it's still being worked on. So uh, I don't know if that means the Astros are still working on offer, if Correa is still working on, um you know accepting the offer or or sifting through offers i, I don't really know uh, the thing is is like uh, the the longer it goes you you feel like two things could happen either the astros are in the best position to re-sign korea at a deal that's more favorable to the team or some team is going to get mad desperate that they're getting left out of all these trades and all these big signings. I think the Cubs just signed a Seiya Suzuki uh, to one of the the largest deal for a, for second largest deal for a Japanese player ever. Uh, You know, the Mariners who we'll talk about here in a little bit are making some trades from some all-stars still in the mix, believe it or not for a big name, free agent. Uh, And then we just got teams like Detroit and that are going to be looking to add a star and add a piece so I, I think as time moves along, I could see it going both ways, like a team getting super desperate and being like, screw it. We're going to give him the, you know, give him what he wants. And we're going to crack and, and give what give the money to Boris uh, or Scott Boris. And then the other side, I could see where, you know, as time moves along, maybe the deals aren't coming in and the Astros are, are, off, are willing to come a little further beyond their comfort zone. They're still not going to give them 10 years. But maybe something like six six years for thirty eight million a year or something crazy. But I don't know. I I I don't think we know any more than what we knew then. Other than I think TMZ reported he sold his house. So I mean that's about it. So, well, he'd be
2: able to afford a new
3: one. Uh, I think so, regardless. <laughs> uh, but yeah, I mean, I, I think it's 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 going to be interesting how this is going to play out. I think it's a. Oh man, it's like such a crazy time to like try to negotiate just like the, everything is bunched up in this last few weeks before the season starts. And so
2: that's, that's a great point. He would have had four months, I guess that, you know, we're actually lost 99 in the, days of the off
3: season. So, yeah,
2: wow, that's a good point. The other thing I thought about, and Matt, I'm going to come to you next. But the other thing I thought about, what if you're Jeremy Pena, you're either going to be the starting shortstop for the AL West favorites or you're playing in Topeka with Sugarland or wherever with Sugarland, right? His his career's in flux too, right? It is it's gotta be weird to be Jeremy Pena right now and Carlos Correa, but Carlos is gonna get paid by somebody, some amount. Jeremy Pena's major league career is on the line. Matt, what's your take on the Correa situation as it stands?
0: Well, I mean, I, I think Christian kind of nailed it on the head, um we really don't know. I I mean just me looking at the transactions thinking, okay, the Yanks, the Yanks might be comfortable with Isaiah Kenner for, for this year. Cubs just signed Suzuki. I mean, Detroit's got Javi Baez, so they might be comfortable there. Um, I don't know. It, it seems like Correa is kind of the... He's going to be the, the guiding force to what happens to the rest of the free agency because, I mean, Story hasn't been signed. Bryant hasn't been signed. Castellanos hasn't been signed. So, I mean, I'm, I'm really interested to see what's going to happen. I, I mean, and then leading back to Pena, yeah, it, it's kind of a, a strange situation. He, he doesn't know if he's going to be, uh, um, you know, playing next to Jose Altuve on opening day, or is he going to be, like you said, Topeka, Kansas, playing <laughs> against who knows? No, no shade against people in Topeka, Kansas. Lovely, <laughs> lovely city. Um, but, you know, he, he's also, he's never. I mean, he's never had an actual professional at bat. He's never had a game. So I, I think he's probably more focusing on, um, his opportunity to, to play in the show this year. Cause he's going to play, even if he's not, even if Carlos comes, I think he's going to see some playing time. Uh, just depends on how much and, and, uh, how much opportunity he, he will get maybe on off days. Maybe he's, maybe he can to play other positions. Who knows? Who knows? But, um, I'm, I'm, Interesting. I keep checking Twitter every hour, seeing you know what Carlos Correa is doing. What's he eating for breakfast? What's he thinking <laughs> right now? Um, I think most Astros fans are like that.
2: Well, it's it's kind of, it's kind of funny, right? Because you're trying to what you're waiting. We're waiting for the dominoes to fall, and every time that Slack channel pings, I'm like, uh oh. Korea's done something. Of course, my kid would probably yell through the house if he re-signed with the Astros. Well, he'd probably yelled either way, just depending on what he would yell. But um, <laughs> it's just kind of funny because you're kind of waiting for that domino to fall, right? If story signs somewhere um, that Correa, the Cubs, for example, then you're kind of going, okay, Correa's not there. Mark them off the list. Or do you really mark them off the list, right? Are they going to pull the Rangers and spend a half a billion dollars on their uh, middle infield um, you know who knows? It's it that even adds more intrigue. Brian Dunleavy, your take on Carlos Correa? The
1: only take I have is as uh, I enjoy the confusion around uh, Martin Maldonado's tweets. That's uh, that guy <laughs> by far. <laughs> my favorite part is he's tweeted pictures with Correa at his house. He's picture you know done the the, the you know time. My time is now symbol on his tweets, and then. And then he says the next day, I'm not tweeting anymore because everybody thinks it's about Carlos. Well, that's all you're tweeting about. <laughs> Don't tell me you're tweeting about anything else.
0: <laughs> Dude's a comedian. He is. He, he needs to do stand up. <laughs>
1: <laughs> so I mean, I you know, right now it looks it looks like it's in the Astros' favor. Uh, you know, unless unless, like always, and it happens all the time in sports, and baseball in particular, that some team out of left field, literally. Decides to sign, uh, you know, Correa to a big deal that that nobody is reported on. You know, you're you're looking at you know crazy teams like uh, I don't know who has a bunch of cap space. Uh, You know, maybe the Padres just throw throw cash around there, or the or the uh, you know the the Reds I wrote about before.
2: The Reds have some space. They've traded a few oh, guys yeah. in the last couple of days. I don't think
1: Reds, the Reds, Reds have a lot in, in getting anything. <laughs> I think the only uh, thing the Reds are interested in is, is the top top one or two picks in the <laughs> Oh, <laughs> uh, them, and, them and Oakland are in a race to the bottom.
2: <laughs> okay, Carlos Correa, the one interesting piece left to the Astros, but there's another interesting piece. Lance McCullers, who told us a few weeks ago that <laughs> – he would not be ready opening day. Now I noticed this in the little blurb from Dusty Baker. Not only did it say he wouldn't be ready open day, they asked him when he thought he if he would pitch this year for the Astros, and he said, Hopefully. He didn't say he would. He didn't say we'll see you in June. Or he said, Hopefully, Lance McCullers will pitch this year. Brian, I'm gonna go to you first. Two weeks ago or so, we talked about the rotation and how many starting pitchers they had. And at that time, I think I said, injuries are going to happen. It's just a matter of when. we knew McCullers was going to be down for opening day then. Now they could be facing the year without, quote, their ace, McCullers meaning, and Justin Verlander have not pitched since July of 2020, I think, 39 years old, coming off TJ. All of a sudden, there's not a wealth of starting pitchers in Houston that you can rely on for 150, 175 innings because Verlander's uh, uh, contract is set at one hundred and thirty for him to get that second year or have that second year option. So that tells me right there that um, he's not, he's going to be short in some of those games. They're going to they're going to watch him very closely. Your take, Brian, on the uh, Lance McCullough situation?
1: I I will. I will go to the take that uh, since since I wrote about the, the the first injury the beginning you know right right out the box and went off of all the reports and everything I'll go to the to the take and this is the hot take for the day that I wouldn't believe a single thing that the Astros Astros are going to say about Lance McCullers because I don't think I don't think they want to tell anybody I really don't because because they should know you know I know they're playing this waiting game that you know McCullers has an injury and that's real but they're they're playing this waiting game like it's going to heal on its own and they don't have to have have surgery and that sort of thing, which is fine, you know, if that's truly the case. But if you have, and I'm sure they've asked at least four or five different doctors what they think on the issue, if if all of them are saying, or the majority of them are saying you need to have surgery and it's going to be a year of, uh, you know, rehab for, for whatever case it is, I don't think they're going to say that. I think they're just going to be, you know, kind of, you know, nonchalant, like they've been the whole time saying, well, you know, maybe he'll pitch, maybe he won't. I'm not sure. I mean, it's, it's getting really hard to believe this is like the eighth statement they've come out with <laughs> since the you know postseason last year, which all of which, you know, don't come to be true. So I, my opinion is I don't believe a single thing the Astros are saying about McCullers injury. I know McCullers wants to play, but I don't think the Astros are going to make any really definitive statement until he is either coming back, you know, and he's on, and he's, he's in the minor league system or, or he's out for the year. That those are the only two statements I'll believe.
2: And basically McCullers in one of his statements basically admitted that, right? He said, you know, we said uh, maybe we could pitch and, you know, continue to pitch in the postseason arrest. Maybe I could pitch in the world series, but, the way I interpreted his body language was that was never going to happen. Obviously, here we are six months later almost, and he still can't pitch, and he needs rehab. So, Matt Kunkle, your take on Lance McCullough's situation?
0: Not good. Um, <laughs> no, I mean, you know, we, we've kind of hinted towards that. Uh, you know, The, the rotation is kind of a question mark. Yeah, sure, we got JV back, but now with him not in the mix, I know I'm probably the only Jake Easy fan um, in, the Astros, <laughs> in the Astros fan base, but we don't know what he's going to be. He was really bad last year. Um, Urquidy has I don't think he's had a full healthy season. He's going to probably be in and out of, uh, on, on the injured reserve. We don't know what we're going to see out of Garcia. I mean, the only positive thing I'm hearing right now is uh, Framber Valdez is working on a cutter. Um, but... Yeah, I, I wrote about it today, actually, for climbing South Hill. Um, there seems to be a need to go out and get another starter, maybe a stopgap-like starter that can pitch to the number four or number five spot, because I, I, I think it's going to be a long season. And without McCullers, and we don't know about JV, and we don't know about some of the other guys, I mean, we should look at guys like Chris Archer. Or J.A. A. Hap, or I mean, if we're getting real desperate, like a Cole Hamels, who are still trying to play. Um, seems like seems like they got to at least kick the tires on some of these guys, because uh, without Lance McCullers as your your number two, no doubter starter, I mean, things get kind of kind of iffy.
1: Yeah, Leo maybe. It's working out soon. I was gonna say.
2: You guys have been trying to trade Chaz for about six months now. And this may be the nail in Chaz's coffin, but they need Chaz because our next guy we're going to talk about in a minute is injured. But first, we want to get Christian's take on McCullers.
3: Yeah, I mean, it's unfortunate. Obviously, the guy wants to play. No, we never doubted his heart by any stretch. I think there was uh, one person he, on Twitter. He <laughs> He got he got at the uh, some folks on Twitter that were getting at him about, you know, his, his commitment to the team and all this kind of stuff. And I don't know. Generally, I think that the fan base knows that knows what he's what he's about. I just don't think that I don't know. I, I just don't think that we can ever going to be able to rely on him for a full season anyway. So if it's like, if it's the start of the season, I'd rather have them off the start of the season and at the end of the season, rather than the ver- reverse this last season. So I don't know. That's just my opinion on that. I, I just don't, I'm just not like my, I'm not surprised. Um, obviously we want them for, for, you know, 300 innings, but it's probably just not going to happen, you know? So um, yeah. And I, so I, I think that one of the things that we probably will look at as a team is probably more a deadline deal, right? It's if, if we go into what we have, the, we're going to run it the way it is right now. No, we're not getting. We're not going to go out and get anybody at the moment. Uh, we do have a few arms kind of uh, hanging around AAA. That will it'd be interesting to see if maybe a couple of young guys can come up and make spot starts if needed. But um, you know, I'm I'm thinking of like in June when Danny Duffy or something is coming off surgery, and we need just another arm to eat innings. You know, something like that where we're we're not investing too much into it and just give give McCullers his time that he needs sort of in the same way that we did Bregman, um, you know, hopefully when he comes back, he'll, he'll be a little more productive than Bregman was, but Bregman just was had a snowball of different things going on. But, uh, but yeah, I think it's just a, it's a, we, we, got what we have right now. And so I think that, I, I think one of the things is I will stand as they say, on, as the kids say on Twitter for Jacob <laughs> Rizzi a little bit, uh, you know, he didn't get a full training camp last year. He showed up, I don't know. A couple weeks before the start of the season, he was hurt. Um, But I've I've watched him play. I watched him play with Minnesota. He's got decent stuff. He's just really got to get it locked in. Uh, Maybe this is, you know, we're not. and, And his job, even last season, wasn't to like be a frontline starter. It was be a two through five or three through five guy who eats innings. And so we really just need him to get out of the fifth inning. And you know, then we got. Then we're he's we're paying. He's doing what we're paying him for. So.
2: Yeah, I was going to say about McCullers. It's my part of my part of uh, my evolution as a fan, somebody about 5 years ago, I think it was 5, said the same thing about McCullers. We can't trust him to make it through the season. I was like, I defended him all over the place. Well, it's only been 1 year and here we are 5 years later. <laughs> Now I'm not saying that is uh, that was a doctor speaking on the other end of the internet, but he was he was right in Lance McCullers and and I I agree with you 100%. He, it's not that he doesn't want to play. There's always one right. There's you know, on Twitter. There's more than one. There's a, a million, but there's always one person that thinks Lance McCullers doesn't want to pitch. He got paid and doesn't want to pitch. Well his next contract he's not going to get paid if he's not healthy and he'd probably make twice as much if he's making now if he was healthy and obviously the guy wants to pitch so but there's one in every crowd okay let's shift to a little bit of good news Jake Myers is ahead of schedule Christian what's your take on Jake Myers and in, I I think I saw a May June time frame for Jake Myers at least kind Yeah, of yeah we saw some, some
3: video yeah we saw some videos of him at spring training I don't think he's throwing hard but he's running and catching and and doing some stuff so it's encouraging to see I, I i'm not a huge believer in in terms uh, of him versus um uh chas mccormick i'd rather have jake myers playing but that's i think it's just personal opinion i think statistically they're 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 very close and it's really hard to just you know analytically draw separation but just in my mind just looking at it in the eye test i kind of want jake myers to be patrolling center field if that's the route we're going to go and so I don't know, the sooner we get him back the better. I mean, he, he looked like he had like had some pep in his step and moving around and making some plays and obviously not really throwing, but you know, way ahead of schedule. We got to be excited about that.
2: Nice to have an Astro ahead of schedule. Brian, your take on Jake Myers.
1: I mean, I the fact that he's out there and working out is is a great sign for for the Astros and and like Christian was saying, I you know, I agree that that he is the preferred center fielder, but, uh, you know, there are worse things that could happen uh, having four center fielder or four outfielders in the mix that, you know, anybody's day off that one guy can slip in no problem and you don't really miss a beat. Um, I think that's, that's a great thing to have. And I think other teams would, would love to have that luxury and, uh, you know, go, go forth from there. And, and, and just to bring up too, and I, and I hate to, to go from, Positive and negative, but you know, in the in the same realm, you know, we talk about McCullers, and and I think you know it's his his massive use of curveballs that that hurts him in the long run for his arm. But the other the other thing that we have to remember and look at is Jordan Alvarez also has a history of of getting injured. So if if he goes down, at least you know if you have McCormick and Myers, at least you have somebody that can be serviceable in that DH role a little bit. And you you certainly lose a lot of power, but uh, but you, you have a, a regular major leaguer stepping in there, and that could be something that that we come into contact with on a regular basis too. So um, you never know what's going to happen with with either of those guys. But on the offensive side of the ball, you know, Jordan's a, also a big question mark.
2: Yeah, I picture Jordan as a DH who can occasionally play left. That's, that's how I see it. I don't want him trying to play 140 games in left field, even though he's serviceable out there for the most part. Matt Kunkel, your take on Jake Myers ahead of schedule? Uh,
0: that's you know, like I said, not good. This is that's that news is really good uh, to hear that he's back on schedule. I, I, I mean, I don't know how the front office ranks these outfielders, but I would assume, I would assume that their power rankings on the players that they have would be Jake Myers one, probably Chad McCormick two, Jose Siri three, with probably Jose Thierry maybe jumping ahead of him uh, ahead of McCormick. Uh, with his energy and his ability to run the bases i you know i i'm excited about jake myers um i still do not know where he came from last year he was just some random call-up that just was hitting like peak tory hunter for a month I, I i had no idea who he was but you know I, I i like him i'm interested to see once he's back how he adjusts to um other teams adjusting to him, you know, now they have tape on, you know, pitches that he right. likes, pitches that he doesn't like. He, We saw he tailed off just a bit in September, so let's yes. just see how he approaches. But it's, I'm, I'm glad that he sounds like he's going to be back by June and we can see a lot of at-bats from him, and hopefully he can, you know, find that find that fire that he had last year.
2: Yeah, I don't think Chas Myers is going to the – Chaz McCormick, Chaz Myers. I mixed the two. Maybe we, they will we be can call open. Chaz, Chaz, Chaz <laughs> I don't Myers. think Chaz McCormick <laughs> is going <laughs> Chaz Siri McCormick. There you go. I don't think Chaz McCormick <laughs> is going to the Hall of Fame. My point on Chaz McCormick is he plays all three positions and he plays them very well. And that's not only by metrics. That's from the eyeball test, too. And nobody's giving you more effort than Chaz McCormick. Now, maybe that's because he's trying to stay in the major leagues, but who cares? He's giving you the effort, and that's that's my big thing. And we talked earlier a little bit, fellas, about um, the Astros. They are what they are. I think Christian mentioned that a minute ago, that this is who they're going to roll with. They had a couple of uh, nondescript signings, really. Nico Goodrum to a one-year contract. They designated Jairo uh, Solis for assignment. The guy hadn't pitched in 2018, so I think that's a good choice to designate for assignment. I'm just kind of wondering what he was doing on the 40-man. Um, uh, so who knows? Then they signed Lewis Brinson to a minor league deal. Not much really to talk about there. Just, uh, kind of some contingency plans in case things don't work out the way they intend. Now, today we, in our Slack channel, we talked about the win totals for the AL West. I'm going to write an article on this in the coming days, but Astros were signed 92 wins. The Mariners 86 and a half the Angels 84 and a half, the Rangers with their half a billion dollar infield and, and more since they signed those guys 73 wins and the athletics who I think at last they sold somebody's mother or traded her away uh, <laughs> 72 and a half for the athletics. So Rangers got a little bump from their hundred loss season, but in the Astro, I mean, excuse me, the athletics obviously went down, but every, Every one of you, I think, reacted to the Astros and the 92 win uh, over under for the Astros. And uh, right now I put a uh, poll up on Twitter. We've got 80 votes and 80% says they'll take the over. 7% take the under. 13% think they nailed it. Now that's Astro fans. So take that with the grain of salt. Most of those fans are Astro fans. But 80% will take the over. Christian, let's start with you. Your thoughts on 92 wins for the Astros?
3: I mean, we're we're essentially, I don't know, we're what 90 some games? 90 was it 95 last season?
1: That's yeah, 95.
3: Mm-hmm. And we're running it back. I mean, I, I guess it's I guess that you could is Correa th- worth three wins? I I guess wins above replacement. He sure is, but. But I think with with uh, Verlander back and the depth that we have at at starting pitching throughout the entire season, obviously we just talked about worst case scenario that McCullers wouldn't come back, but that's not really how these work. Um, you know, this, they're, 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 they set the line to try to agitate both sides, right? Both sides, so, yeah. uh, so I could see, I, I I can't see a situation unless there's something catastrophic where we don't win at least 90, 95 games again. Uh, Bregman's going to be back. He's going to be productive. Um, you know, we our lineup is not really changed a whole lot. We even if with Correa in our lineup last season, uh, he was pretty much absent offensively from I don't know late June till uh, late August, and so pretty much over half the season, just about half half the season, he was on a some of the worst hitting streaks or a hitless streaks of, of his entire career, and so. Uh, I I just think there's too many things going for the Astros. I know the division is getting uh, trickier um, and that definitely could be, could be a factor into that, but I still think 95 games is realistic. I'm taking the over.
2: Okay. Yeah. um, I was thinking in a few years, it may change because they're going to be playing the Dodgers every year and playing the, A.L. West, less right. It's going to move when they change the schedule. It's going to move from 19 in your division to 14. So that's less Rangers, uh, less Angels, less A's. Uh, so, but not this year. Matt Kunkel, your take on the 92 over under number setup for the Astros? Well,
0: I, I think Vegas nailed it. I, I just want to reiterate, and I don't think it's, I don't think it's uh, too obvious. But I mean, a lot of the money that goes into betting on these are, are are um people from New York California I mean I, I guess now that sports books are now available across the country but a lot of the money is coming from you know those those big cities and you know that's where the Dodgers play the Yankees play the Red Sox they all hate the Astros they wake up every day and say, this is the year they're gonna <laughs> have their downfall and they got it's got to be a re- realistic number for me 92. I mean, I, I, I'm going to take the over because, look, we had 95 wins without 30 starts from Justin Verlander, without one to two months with Alex Bregman, who, when he's healthy and right, is amongst, the you know, he's a top 20 player in the league. And, you know, we were going up against an athletics team that was really good until mid-September and they fell apart. And uh, now we're going to be playing what you know the, the Las Vegas Athletics. they their Triple <laughs> affiliate for the year. So I mean, I, I, and then obviously you know we, we get to play the Rangers. We played pretty poor against the Rangers. I went to a game out of Globe Life, and the Astros looked terrible. I don't think they're going to lose. I don't think I, they're going to get swept by the Rangers twice. Um, so I mean, if we're just kind of we're counting wins, I I I lean towards the over. Obviously, I. I lean towards the over still uh, without McCullers. I think that's pretty pretty
2: spot on. All right, yeah, as Christian nailed it, right? They're they're trying to set this number not necessarily where they think the Astros will be, but where both sides will bet it. Right? Astro fans, like we're sounding right here, everybody's going ninety two. That's great. And on the other end, they're going, oh, there's no McCullers. They're not going to have Correa. So it sounds like they. Did a pretty good job, and of course, this will fluctuate, as Matt said, depending on where the money flows and how much flows. Brian Dunleavy, you got the last word on ninety-two over and under. Though I did just get a response on Twitter that said one hundred and two and one hundred and three, one hundred and two or one hundred and three. <laughs>
1: uh, that would be nice. Uh, I, you know, <laughs> I, I think that there's there's only one way that's going to happen, and I think I think we do get a hundred wins if McCullers is only out you know for a month and if Correa resigns if if neither of those happen then i think we're in we're in the 90s and and if both of those are, are really bad if, if for example if we don't sign Correa and McCullers is out for half of a season i think uh, i think we're in the 80s and i think the mariners are above us i think they 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 get first place you know and and i'll uh, and i'll even throw this other caveat I, I know i know Vegas isn't listening right now you know, but uh, if Nico Goodrum or or Lewis uh, Brinson play a, a game in the in the major leagues, and then we are under ninety wins, I will I will say that I, I I don't I don't think those two, you know, unless they're just filling in as a as a as a backup, you know, cause on somebody's oh. day off, if they're starting in, as a regular starter, I, there's no way we're getting ninety wins either. of Those guys hey. and.
0: Brian, I'll just say Nico Gruber hit three ten against lefties. That's all I'll say. I'll, I'll back up. <laughs> he did. He sounds like a great pinch
1: hitter. <laughs> but uh, you know, I at my last my last bit to this too, and I'll say, and I will say, ninety two is man. That's that's such a great. I, I think we're I think we're around ninety 93, ninety three ninety. Uh, ninety-two, uh, because uh, only one time in, in Dusty Baker's coaching history has he had multiple e- multiple years where he's gained on his previous year, um, and and done better. So, uh, back-to-back seasons doing doing well. Dusty's does he's done one time, and that last time was with the Washington Nationals that collapsed the first round of the playoffs. So I don't wish that on us. <laughs> I I would rather have 88 wins and and do well in the playoffs than have, you know, 99 wins and and then collapse like the Nationals did. So, you know, I, I you know, I I don't see I don't see it happen. I'm I'm betting over. Um I am guessing if they sign Correa it'll go up to 95, but um but if uh if they don't, I'm betting under if they don't sign Correa. All
2: right. Yeah, leave it to Brian Dunleavy to bring up a Dusty Baker collapse uh, at the end of a very good podcast. A lot of fun guys talking Astros, talking baseball, talking injuries, and not talking about contracts or finances too much. Appreciate everybody's time. Until next week, Matt Conkle, Christian Espinosa, Brian Dunleavy, I'm Marty Coleman. We'll talk to you next week on The Juice Box Junkies.
0: Thanks for listening to this episode of Juice Box Junkies. Please subscribe, rate, and review wherever you get your podcasts. And join us for the next episode of Juice Box Junkies.